It's time to turn the page. Welcome to another episode of Point C. As always, I'm Christopher Cape. Thanks for joining me. And I hope that all of you are feeling connected out there and ready to get this going. Without further ado, welcome to the episode. Hey, welcome. This is Christopher Cape. Welcome to Point C episode, I believe we're at four right now. Coming to you from Mary Hill. A great spot, as you can see. A huge vista. And today is a perfect day. I'm definitely coming back here to paint. I didn't bring any of the paints today. Um, as this was my main mission, I wanted to get this one recorded before I started releasing um, the episodes. Um, as you can see, I think you can see the horses back there. Little babies. I did a couple drawings, warmed up. There's a lot that uh, I want to talk about that's happened in the last week. A lot of good stuff. Just uh, moments of revelation, perhaps. And I know that I had promised that in the trailer. I, feels like every episode there's a revelation but it's it's fun to live that way I think uh, it's windy as always it feels like um, the universe is always the wind is always picking up in the universe um, whenever I start these podcasts or at least talks a way that it gets its, it's get it. It gets its point across through, through the wind. Because when I arrived, let me tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't very windy at all. It was very still, and so I thought, well, perfect. It's going to be one of those ones where there won't be any wind. But I really like it. I hope it it comes across as as a back and forth. Again, this is, I woke up with a nightmare or a little bit of a, a thought today because I realized that the podcasts were getting close to releasing and if you have made it this far or you're continuing to listen or if this is where you start, awesome. I just felt so self-conscious about the ums in the first couple of podcasts, but I'm going to release them anyways because I think I love... The thing about painting and being a painter outside of an artist, we'll just talk the technicality of learning the skill of drawing or painting. The thing that I love the most is the mechanics and the workings and the seeing the improvements. And that really, I think when you get into, um, the first time I had gone into a museum and seen the roughness of a preliminary sketch or study or painting, even some of, um, okay, work on your arms, buddy. Even some of Frederick Varley's looser paintings or some of the other members of the group of seven or people from that time. Emily Carr is a huge influence on me and I love her work and so much of it has to do with the immediacy and the honesty of the brushwork uh, I think that 
there's a gestural quality, but then there's also this idea of getting out of your own way when painting and drawing and not being concerned to, you know what it is? I, I have faith in the viewer, whoever the viewer may be of my piece of work. And there's something about keeping a painting gestural or a drawing loose and unfinished as far as polish goes because we choose a huge thing for me as a painter was learning about when to stop painting and that there seems to be a finality to that statement but in reality there isn't a finality to that statement because there have been times when I have thought that I had been done and I let it sit for six months maybe to cure or just even to give it space from my constant thinking about it. And at some moment in the distant future I had pulled it out again and set to work on it. So I've resigned myself from saying something is finished or done and I am playing the part and there's something about allowing for this freshness of brush stroke of line creation this looseness that gives a tr when I look at it I feel as if the artist has trusted me that my mind is able to create or to to use the the information given to figure it out on my own and that's I feel like I'm trusting the viewer as well when they're looking at paintings and it's if you don't paint say you're listening to this because you're interested in learning to paint or maybe you don't paint I think the easiest way to explain it is if I'm in a conversation with somebody I'm much I would much rather have the conversation on what I'm hearing and also what I'm giving to be less to have the person into it to give them the idea and let my own mind so someone's trying to get an idea across and it's so easy to be heavy-handed it's so easy to be heavy-handed and I think this has to do with the idea of I want to be understood so succinctly and I've heard it that that's one of the major again dang Facebook or Instagram psychotherapy sessions scrolling through reels that's something that comes up a lot where it seems a desire for us as a species to be understood and that really I think about relationships that I've been in friendship or romantic it doesn't matter or causal that all I was striving for was to be understood by somebody my ideas how I felt my thoughts my work whatever it 
whatever the case may be. So this feeling of less is more. And in doing that, by its very nature, I feel when I'm the receiver of information, whether that's visual in a painting or auditorial, is that even a word? Auditory? There it is. Auditory information. I get to activate my mind. And by that very nature of getting that information and having to work through it and create, right, to fill in the, the blanks, to the structure of the building, if the idea was a building or the thought was a building, the structure is provided to me and I'm decorating the interior. I'm giving it the details. And if the structure is built properly, it will give give me a way to not have ownership but to be a part of this idea instead of this idea pushing being put upon me by looking at a painting or listening in a conversation it is it is It is asking for me to be a part of it, to continue on. And when I think about it, it, it really m affirms and gives a foundation for this idea where consciousness is not a singular thing that we are a part, our consciousness is, oh man, that's going to be a tough word to say. Our consciousness is, are all a part of, are one. And that the more the ego creates that boundary of singularity between the many of us, the more isolated we feel, but the less connected to that universal consciousness we are. So, I honestly, I, that's not what this podcast was supposed to be about or to start off with, but as is the leaning of this podcast, it seems that it's very, there's very much something that's going on inside of me or that I'm picking up that I need to talk about. So, yeah. I'd be interested if other people feel that way about painting or about even, I mean, think about the last great story that you have read. Or even multiple ones. Because there are times I read a... I forget the name of the author and it's embarrassing, but it's the last um, multiple book that I had read or series that I had read. And 
there's something about and it was a fantasy post-apocalyptic um sci-fi easy on the ums buddy post-apocalyptic sci-fi book and how hard it was to get engaged in it because the there was so much information I had to the author was trying to get across to create a backstory but once that backstory of the characters the plot line the location the time in space events once all that was set out then the structure was there and instead of trying to remember information and try to figure out the foundation of this story I was left to create the world within within my mind okay what I really wanted to talk about today dang it's hard to look in this this camera right now it's so beautiful maybe I'll scoot to the side here get some asymmetrical stuff going on and plus you get to look at the the beautiful horizon so often I was moved to tears this morning I've been feeling a bit rattled the last couple days I'm not sure if it's overwork not taking enough care of myself for, in whatever facet that is but I was feeling pretty rattled emotionally and was doing some I can't believe I'm going to admit this and record it but some positive affirmations in the mirror and maybe I'll add a side note that these are really just about it feels almost as a way to ground myself in what actually is versus what my mind is telling it telling me it is when I wake up in the morning or it's usually in the morning but whatever time and the last few mornings it's been really hard for the those things to kick in those affirmations to really remind myself like hey you know what you're doing a pretty good job just go easy on yourself because if the more you can go easy on yourself the more you can go easy on other people and give them space because I've been realizing that I can't give my I can't give people space to be who they are whether that's upset angry mean whatever happy sad whatever it is if I'm not giving myself space to be how I am so last night I went out to do a painting I felt the spark to paint and late normally what happens is I'll feel it and I'm at a point now in my painting where if I feel it I know that there's something up that the universe itself is communicating to me I'm not I don't have this idea where I need to go paint because a lot of the times like yesterday I had woken I woken after a night 
of food poisoning and left at 7 in the morning and didn't get home until about 8 o'clock at night. Unpacked, got everything done. And then the idea was like, you need to go to the specific location and paint the specific painting. And so after a day of studies already, this idea of and unpacking and the car's clean and everything's put away, the idea of getting that and coming out was definitely, and going out again is definitely not on my agenda. My agenda was uh, grilled cheese, chips, and some pops. That's it. Maybe a movie. Regardless, I, I'm at a point where when I hear that voice in my head, I'm realizing that it's my intuition and instinct, which is connected to this universal consciousness, to the universe at large. And I think that the more my desires and fears, the more my, my intuition and instinct are attached to my desires and fears of the ego, the more that my decisions are based on getting ahead of stop of worrying about being in a place where happiness will be worrying about being in a place where fear right I'm trying to avoid being in a place where I'm sad or scared or hurt and I'm trying to grasp at happiness or joy and this is something that I'm attaching myself to my intuition and instinct has a choice, it feels like, to be attached to those fears and desires or to be attached to the universal consciousness, to the universe at large, we'll say. I feel like I said universal consciousness because that's what I had been talking about for 10 minutes this idea of the universal consciousness. And maybe that's, and there you go. There's a connection for me where opening up and speaking about that stuff which I didn't really have plan to, plans to talk about and now realizing like, oh, well this universal consciousness, there's, I'm still separating it as, in my mind, I was separating it as this consciousness from humanity versus the universe, humanity, plant kingdom consciousness, humanity consciousness, animal kingdom consciousness, dolphin, whatever the animals, you can group them all. There's all these groupings that we're making or that I'm making. And what if I stopped making those delineations? I just thin the veil. Each delineation I make is a sheet on the clothesline between me and the universe. And if the universe is the sun setting and I'm standing on the end, other end of a bunch of clotheslines and I continually keep putting sheets of delineation between them, that light is not going to get to me as clearly. But the more delineations, the more sheets I take down, the more that that light can get to me and my instinct and intuition is connected and guided by that light. 
So I would be very afraid, I'm sure. I don't know if I could handle having no sheets on the clothesline and having direct connection. And I wonder if the great magic of what we do as humans is being able to maintain those sheets on the clothesline in order to experience the sense of I, the sense of self. And if those sheets were to get pulled down, then the self would disappear. And I love the idea, again, Instagram psychotherapy, the idea of the meaning of life is the universe experiencing itself. And being in a place where there are few sheets on the clothesline and the light that my intuition and instinct are guided towards or guided by is very clear takes the stress off but like I was saying earlier I was feeling shook the last few days for whatever reason and as I was driving out to this place I came up with my mind was coming up with all of these ideas on why I needed to turn around and not do this You've already done enough painting today. You've already done enough work. It's too late. The sun's way too low. You've, that's not going to be good. The light's not going to be good. You're wasting your time. Whatever the reasons I was thinking, I, there was multiple times at each intersection, actually, because I was driving, my mind was firing all of those things those ideas on why I shouldn't be going to where I'm going because it didn't make logical sense it was pointless and yes so much of this is wrapped up in my how much I value myself but also it's funny to me that I realized that those because I was driving the the reasons why I shouldn't be going to paint were coming up close to the stoplights or intersections where I could turn around where I could make a left or a right and turn back to the studio and head back to the studio. And I realized that because some of the some of the first intersections I started those thoughts started coming through my mind and they stopped immediately when I realized, oh, you can't this is a dead end street. When you if you turn down this street, you're just going to have to come back out again. So there's no point in thinking about this. It only happened when the it was actually easy to make a turnaround and head back the other way towards the studio. And a thought just and I a memory just popped into my mind about one of the first times I became conscious of how the universe works. I was in yoga school on Salt Spring Island and I had done the first half and it was such an emotional upheaval. I had gotten so deep and I wish I could remember this yogi's name who was helping and it was a part of yoga that I was, I still have a hard time accepting. People call it yin yoga. It's the more letting go and less athletic yang yoga 
the really stretching and physical yoga. This is a more going in, letting go, yin. I'll let you use your definition of yin and yang how you wish. And essentially it was getting as comfortable as you could and as relaxed as you could and letting go of all the tension in your body. And I, I still hold a lot of tension in my body. I, it, there's so much. And at some point perhaps I'll talk more about yoga school or my my connection with yoga and my past with it and how I feel about it but right now I just want to say that I was laying down in the most comfortable position I could ever remember being in and the location of this it's the Salt Spring Island Center for Yoga uh, Baba Haridas is one of his two ashrams and this place is so peaceful that every morning when I'd wake up and come out of my tent to get to go do austerities or yamas or niyamas there would be four or five baby deer just and they were like the dwarf baby deer so they were maybe like head to butt maybe like this big just outside of my tent nibbling grass and when I came out they didn't run away they just look at me and then just go back to nibbling grass so this environment was very chill, very relaxed. And I had never been that relaxed or let go enough. And she, the yogi came over and she was like, you're doing a great job but you're holding on to something still. And I think I was like reclined with my legs up and my arms out. And I think my shoulders were like this or something. And I remember her putting her hands on my shoulders and pushing them down, or not pushing them, but aiding in how, where they should be sitting, right? How much tension I was holding. And it, it made me go so deep and have to like experience all the tension and pain that was there that it came flooding out and I just I had so many tears and I like jumped up and I was like I think I might have said like what the fuck like what the fuck are you doing like why are you doing this and I just like ran out of there like I ran out of there like tears streaming down my face I really honestly haven't thought about this in a long time but whew, um, it was some powerful shit and I'll, I mean, thinking about it now makes me realize how long I've been running from this feeling and still continually running. I mean, my days are numbered because I can feel it coming, right? I Even talking about it now and just having this in podcasts and even reliving this memory, I'm, I'm slowing down. I'm not running as fast. And I'm willing to stop and, and sit in this feeling a little bit more. Um, and I was so afraid. Because for me, going to yoga school was about athleticism. Well, first of all, it was about 
trying to not have to deal with that stuff that was going inside and using athleticism of the asanas to give myself respite in the tension and so I was so afraid by this I I actually blocked it out because I don't even after getting up and running away with tears streaming down my face and, and yelling and swearing at this kind beautiful woman who'd been doing yoga for 40 years maybe I oh man just like all these memories of how good these people were to me at this school and like how I how much they helped me I'm gonna have to do some writing about this to really think about it but I don't remember what happened after that I'm like trying to think but that's where the memory stops and everything else is black I I don't remember so like I'm definitely blocking out some shit but in between the two sections of the schooling there was a break and because it was out west I went to Squamish and I was climbing full time then so went to Squamish and just just squeezing juice out of the rocks right just straight up bouldering tearing down just like just getting it done you know and fingertips are getting sweaty just thinking about it and had the and it's funny thinking about why I'm going to tell you what was actually going through my mind on the upper level and on the lower level. So, in bouldering or climbing, there's a grade system. Um, the V bouldering grade system, thanks to the Verm, right? Vermin. Or John Sherman. And each of these it went from zero to whatever it might be at 17 16 or 17 now and there's this game in squamish that the boys from victoria hooked me up with that was really fun because normally people are trying to do the highest possible grade that you can right so especially in bouldering you're you're going out to the forest to climb a problem which they would call so starting at the bottom of this little boulder and getting to the top would be the problem and the harder the problem the higher the number and my mindset and most people's mindset was how high a number can you do but the, the boys from victoria and ladies from victoria um maybe i'll say dudes the dudes from victoria came, came up with this game where you went out for the day and you added your numbers together so it wasn't the singular moment it was the day as the moment and your score you would judge how you did that day based on your score now there's a beast Tim who did something like 330 points in one day. I, which if you've ever climbed or bouldered, you will realize how intensely hard it is in one climbing day to do 330 points, right? But that's thinking. That was back in the day when I think the hardest thing was maybe like a V14 or V13. And I had my for those two weeks in between the yoga camp I had the most unreal probably the best two weeks of climbing I'd ever had I'd hit I'd hit high points as far as difficulty had concerned double digits and I had my best singular climbing day points wise not which 
really equated to feeling wise too because the higher your point level means you just the more fun climbing and hard climbing you get to do you're not struggling the struggle is fun was fun for me but there's just something about just like swimming through problems you know and climbing really well and I think I had gotten one around 127 I think it was 127 exactly I don't think I would forget that number now that I think about it. So 127, which was huge for me. It's still huge for me. And it was getting time to go back. And I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. The two weeks was ending and in my head I was like, I'm giving up on this. Um, this run of climbing that I'm doing so great at and I was using it as an excuse not to go back. Um, and the whole reason I got to go to this yoga camp, it was or yoga school, it was so expensive, was my grandmother had died, and um, my mother had said that I should pick something that I really wanted because she had been left some money from my grandmother, and she was like saying like your grandmother would want you to do something that you love so pick something you would love and so I said this is what I would love to do so I didn't even pay for this and when I the reason I went back was because I couldn't waste that money it wasn't because I wanted to learn more about myself it wasn't because I felt like I was opening up I was afraid I straight up like I still am afraid I this idea of looking within is scary as fuck like I like to be honest I know I know it, it seems cliche and like looking within is a scary thing and you should feel brave but it does feel cliche and it does feel a little bit like a cop-out but in reality it's true it is one of the toughest things for me to actually and I'm still I still struggle with it and I think these podcasts are helping me and it's a way in which I've learned I love talking love the chit chat and it's a way that I've really felt is conducive with my personality to to work through stuff and I'm hoping I mean the hope is that it's helping others too so Going back, I remember before even they sat everybody down to sort of do a opening ceremonies for the second half, I went up to the main teacher and was like, I need to get my money back. I can't do this anymore. And she just like had this very serene smile and said, you can't get your money back. There's no getting your money back. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, you, when you sign the contract, it states that you, there's no refunds whatsoever. And I 
just was like, I wasn't mad. I just kind of resigned myself. It was like, the, and this is what I'm talking about. This is how, this is, when I think about this story, it makes me realize like, there is no pressure on me to do or to feel or to worry about not or losing something that I'm after that's truly for me because the universe it's like it knows I know that or it knows that that's the only way I would have gone back because I was worried about losing the money and the resources and that if it had been left up to me and how I felt I would have just stayed in Squamish got that money back and just kept climbing and not dealing with that stuff right and so this idea of having my intuition and instinct be connected to my desires and fears in actuality feels like it is just the way that the universe is communicating and uh, guiding me to actually unfold and change in the way that's, that's my karma that's set out for me. And maybe in actuality, the difference between having my intuition and instinct aligned more with the universal consciousness or the universe itself, aka listening to the signs, right? Hearing the wind and having it being aligned to my ego's desires and fears are in actuality the same thing. Where one feels like the heat and pressure it takes to change coal to diamond, a diamond, and the other feels like the melting of a glacier running down the mountain into a river. And I don't know, like now that I think about it, this idea of the pressure or this idea of having it melt away and going with the flow or flowing with the go really they both seem to have value and they both have worked in that way and I don't know if I'm I wonder if there's a place where I'm if I'm even choosing to have it be that way. And sometimes they both, maybe they both serve a certain purpose and a need. If we come down to, even if we think about it in a a chemical way, where A rock can be split, a mountain can be split by an earthquake, an intense force, ripping and pulling it apart. 
or a mountain can be split by the tiniest of streams over time, right? And I wonder, this comes back, I'm sure, to the, I, I think the earlier the podcast before where it talks, I talk about not quantifying the judgment or not quantifying the moments in a way to judge whether they're good or bad. But I will say that it's way less stressful to have my intuition or instinct attached. For me, it's way more stressful to have it attached to the universal consciousness, to have those sheets on the clothesline be numbered maybe to a few versus many, right? To have the connection to the world at large feels a lot, a lot easier and a lot, a lot more conducive to joy and happiness and peace. And I don't just, and by the very nature of that, like I was saying earlier, that joy, that peace, if I'm feeling that way, then I, and I'm allowing myself that gentleness, then by the very nature of that, I'm giving that to everybody I'm in contact with, which is what I want. I don't want to get mad at somebody for making a left turn in front of me or cutting me off in traffic. Right? That's not what I want. I don't want to get upset at a person in front of me at the grocery store fumbling with their wallet and not going fast enough or not bagging their groceries fast enough. Oops. just overwhelmed right now with um, feeling grateful that that this is starting to make a lot of sense to me that life is making more sense to me and that it's feeling like like catching that wave you know riding that wave bombing that hill on a skateboard and that Even though in my morning affirmations I talk about being grateful for a lot of things and I can numerically count through the things I'm grateful for, the last few days have been really tough to actually feel it, you know, in my heart, how grateful I've been. And not so much of... so much of that is about being preoccupied and 
keeping myself separated. Right. So, yeah, I hope I hope you can take a few sheets off the clothesline after listening to this, or maybe you took a few down when you were listening to this. That your connection, your intuit, intuitive connection to the universe is has a few less separations to go through. And that, yeah. That you're just feeling it. Thanks for listening. I'm pretty sure they'll, the next, it's going to be either the next one or the one after that where we start the Point Peely podcast. I might release those as a group because I'm really excited about going out there. But for now, thanks for hanging out. Give yourself a hug. You're doing a good job. We'll talk soon, okay?